Welcome to Becoming Your Best with Jenny Lytle RN, where we focus on all things stress relief and self-care. It's time to ditch the one-size-fits-all approaches and stop comparing ourselves to others. We all have unique gifts, talents, wants, and desires. This podcast is a joyful reminder to never stop becoming the best version of you. Welcome back to another episode of the Becoming Your Best with Jenny Lytle RN podcast. And today we have got a special guest with us. Deborah A. Vogue is a crisis navigation partner, and she has over 30 years of experience as a leadership researcher, executive, and advisor. Deborah provides highly competent women with expertise, structure, and empathy so they can process difficult situations, connect with necessary resources, communicate effectively, and lead with a clear mind and a solid strategy. Having experienced her own crises and crossroads, Deborah realizes the importance of an outside resource to provide perspective while navigating difficult circumstances, decisions, and conversations. Deborah's career has included conducting primary research at Harvard Business School for an award-winning book, directing admissions, and career development for the MIT dual degree MBA program, Leaders for Global Operations, and advising nine technology startups as Director of People Strategy for Cambridge Incubator. The Boston Globe profiled Deborah for her outstanding abilities to select talented candidates, motivate and develop employees, and resolve conflicts between people as well as between organizations. Her work has also been featured in Forbes, Inc., U.S. News and World Report, and more. Deborah earned her BA in Psychology and American Studies from Wellesley College and an MBA from the MIT Sloan School of Management. MIT Sloan recognized her leadership abilities and community contributions by awarding her the Miriam Sherburn Scholarship. She is trained as a mediator and an ombudsman. A theater lover and occasional intuitive painter, Deborah delights in spending time with her high school-aged son and daughter. She's also a voracious reader and sometimes knitter. Wow, that is a lot to be proud of, Deborah. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. That was a lot to say, so sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's a lot of accomplishments, and there is nothing wrong with, with acknowledging and celebrating those. So when we were connected, I was not familiar with the term crisis navigation partner, but I found it intriguing. And so tell us a little more about what that is. I'm not surprised that you were not familiar with it because I made it up. <laughs> As far as I know, I'm the only one there is right now. Awesome. And I do have an idea that eventually I will train and certify other people to become crisis navigation partner, but partners. But a crisis navigation partner is a designated confidential resource that helps someone going through a crisis or a difficult situation to lead their way through to the best possible outcome. So I work primarily with women, primarily women who are leaders in some capacity, whether they're leading their families or a business or a team or a volunteer effort, or they're just leading themselves. And these women feel for some reason that they're really on their own, either because maybe they're single or they're the only adult child of elderly parents or they are running an organization and it's lonely at the top. I 
specialize in working with women leaders who feel like they're on their own to do what you said in the intro, which is to be a thought partner and a consultant and a source of consolement and emotional support. I think consolement's a word, but I don't know. I have to look that up. (laughs) It sounds like a good word. Just say it confidently. (laughs) And to help them strategize for all the difficult conversations that inevitably come up when someone is in crisis. So helping those women who are alone not feel so alone while they're trying to navigate all these things. Yes. And usually they're not actually alone, just feel like they're on their own. I know that's an experience that I've had through crises that I've been in life where I felt so much, there's so much on me and I'm responsible for all of it and I got to figure it all out myself. And I really don't want anyone else to have to feel that way mm-hmm. like to, because I have felt that way and I have gone through so much stuff by myself. I want to be there for other women so that they can have a teammate during those difficult times. Yes. So you mentioned that, that you've gone through a lot of things. And so is that what prompted this for you? How did you go from doing what you were doing to doing this work? Yeah, it's a really good question. About three years ago, after I started my business in 1999, doing organizational change consulting and working with individuals, trying to go through some sort of change leadership in the way they lead or in their careers. And I just wasn't feeling so satisfied by it as I used to and so like energized and woke up in the morning like I can't wait to do the following. And so I went through a process myself that I've walked a lot of my clients through and that I've used for myself at different phases of my career to help me figure out what is my purpose right now? What is my brilliance right now? How can I hone in on what matters, on doing what matters most to me and what will make the biggest difference for other people in the way that I'm best meant to do? So that was three years ago. And so I started, I was in that reflection process. I realized that, yes, I have been through crises myself. For example, I got my son was diagnosed with type one diabetes and that was a whole like medical crisis moment and I had to figure out how to navigate all that on my own and get him all the care they needed at school. He was 10 years old at the time and work with my ex-husband to make sure that my son was okay with him. I've been through that. I've been through my daughter having severe anxiety and that was its own kind of crisis. But what I realized when I was going through this reflection process is that crisis navigation has been a theme of my life since I was a kid or a teenager. Not just that I was in crisis, but I was the person helping other people through. And I really didn't get that aha for myself until you know, three years ago, the summer three years ago. I moved around a lot when I was a kid because of my dad's job. That was a crisis in and of itself, having to go start in a new school and all that stuff. But I just somehow became the person that my friends went to when something difficult was happening. And a lot of people naturally, and probably smartly, go away from crisis. And for some reason, I go towards it. So when people come to me, I'm like, all right, we're in it together. What are we gonna do? Let's make a plan. What do you need? Here's how I can help. 
let's dive in. So I just came to realize that that was always a part of what I had done. And that's when I come the most alive in mm -hmm. a way is supporting people through those moments. And all the difficult things that I've experienced in life have helped me be better at that. Yes. Isn't that something, a couple things that you said really stuck out to me. And one of those was when you were talking about looking back at things, you, you said right now, two or three times. And I think that's so important because sometimes we get stuck in those things that we used to do, or that used to be such an important part of our life. And then we start having this whole like identity crisis of, okay, but if that's, if I'm not that anymore, then what am I supposed to do? And it feels like this failure and this undoing. But if we, if we give that the space to be able to unravel that a little bit and explore it and just be open to what does this mean? Instead of trying to hang on to something that isn't working for us anymore, yeah. then we can transition into something that is, that is beautiful. Yeah, I totally agree. It's not failure. It's evolution. Yes. Yes. And I believe in that. I believe that every individual on this planet is brilliant in their own unique way. And part of what contributes to our brilliance there's, of course, all of our successes, but also our mistakes, mm. our crises, our failures, our moments of grief. I never thought 10 years ago that I would be like a bit of an expert in type 1 diabetes. I didn't know the difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes. And I wouldn't be surprised if most people listening to this don't know either that's okay because they just never had to face that that became part of my brilliance was i excited to have that in my life no i was not was i like yes an opportunity to learn no i was not <laughs> but i've come to learn over time that everything i go through and everything i support other people through is an opportunity to learn and then help other people from it down the road yes so we're all evolving if we want to be. and i think that's the key there too is it's it involves a certain level of trust and and excitement maybe a little bit even if it's excitement with trepidation at first but, but just looking at that and just working through those possibilities and you talked about the theme of your life kind of being this whole crisis thing and that's that's i found myself in the same in the same position when it, i had my traditional nursing career and I've known from the time I was young that I was always very much a helper mm -hmm. and I wanted to help people with things. And so I did that through nursing for many years and it reached a point where it was just not giving me the same fulfillment that it used to for a variety of reasons. And, but I really clung to that for a while, but it was like, no, this is who I am. This is it's who I am. It's what I do. And it becomes very, it can get very confusing as to the, who we are versus what we do. And those two yes. become very enmeshed. And when I, when I realized that, okay, at least in this particular capacity, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing anymore. And at first it was a little bit freeing. Once I fought through that, it was not nearly that smooth. It was, a, it was about a two year process of feeling, oh, I'm not supposed to do this. Of course I am. I'm not, I am. And, but then when I came to that realization and I was like, okay, you know what? This is like this exciting new chapter. And I was, I was very excited about the possibilities of that at first, but then I realized, oh, when that kind of high wore off, I realized I had no idea who I was and what I was supposed to do. 
And that was, I went through a dark period during that time because I had to really think about those things. I'd kept myself so busy with work that I didn't ever take time to think about what I really needed, wanted. I think we do that. We get on, especially if we're raising families and we're in the workforce, it's just life is so busy, you know, without a lot of intentionality and forethought you don't take all of those things into consideration. You just go through life on autopilot. You do next thing. And, and I know I felt like I had all this time and now I'm getting ready to be 47 and, and, and I was just 30 like a month ago. So wow. Wow. (laughs) But being able to take all of those things that I've gone through and those experiences and now use that to now that's what I do is work with primarily women to to help them with their stress and with self-care and see how all of that can make life so much better. And that doesn't mean you have to leave your job, but it does mean that you have to consider what you want your life to look like and then take steps to make it happen. And that's leadership to, in my mind, Uh considering what you want your vision to be and then being willing to take steps to make it happen. That's the key. I think that we all have agency and some of us have more agency because we have more privilege you know, than other people. And that's mm-hmm, a whole discussion mm-hmm. in and of itself. But we are all a choice about how we respond and how we react and the choices we make about what we determine to be the next right thing. Yes. So I'm on that page with you. Yeah. So I I just, I love what you're talking about. And sometimes there are a lot of, we're navigating things that can feel very lonely and you offering to, to come alongside somebody and be that, that strategic partner and that cheerleader and all of those things wrapped into one. And also someone who's objective enough to, to challenge some of those things, because we can get very much into ruts or we have this pattern of thinking that especially in times of crisis can, you know, that we can have some blind spots to other options and having somebody else that that can challenge that and say, you said that you never, or you couldn't, is that really true? Or what, what makes you feel that way? And exploring some of those things. You, you said that there's three keys to navigating life's inevitable big challenges. So can you talk a bit more about that? Yeah. So Yes. So the three keys are, I can say like what they each are and then I can tell you, but they're communication, capacity, and community. And these are three keys that you can use when you're in the middle of a crisis. And these are also three keys that if you're not in a crisis, you can build up your muscles in these areas when you are in a crisis and it's just inevitable that we are all going through multiple crises in our lives you're better prepared or better situated to face them number one communication talking about what you need talking about what you want asking powerful questions confronting scary things (laughs) and people that's all part of communication and what I realized when I was three years ago what I realized I do the most of throughout my whole career in my professional work in my personal life whether it's about crisis or not is helping people figure out how to have difficult conversations that they're facing so building up your 
difficult communication, difficult conversation muscle is important. The more you practice, the easier it gets. And then sometimes you just don't know how to go about it. And it's great to have somebody else to talk it out with. So that's one piece. There's so much I could say about communication and it's not just about difficult conversations. Um, but second piece is capacity. So looking at, are you at the top of your game right now, emotionally, in terms of your executive functioning? Do you have contingency plans? What if there is an emergency in your business or in your family? Do you have information organized so that somebody else can step in to help you? Do you have enough time available? The definition of a crisis in part is that all your regularly scheduled programming has to come to a screeching halt and you can't do what you normally do all day long because there's such an emergent situation. But in general, in your capacity, are you booked from the time you open your eyes in the morning to the time you mm -hmm. close them to go back to sleep? Or do you have some spaciousness in your life? And if not, how can we help you find that spaciousness? And I think that's a lot of what you do in your work with your clients too. What can we help you let go of? What can you delegate? How can you expand your own capacity by adding some self-care activities, which people say to me all the time and probably say to you too. I don't have time for self-care, I'm too busy. Yes. <laughs> but when you add self-care or when you add emotional support or you take time to breathe, mm -hmm. all those things, and I recommend them all, can help to make time feel as if it actually expands and to make it possible to do all the hard stuff you're facing. So the second key after communication, the second key to navigating life's inevitable big challenges is looking at your capacity and how to expand it. And the third one is community. Who can you rely on? Who is around you that you can ask for help when you're stuck, professionally or personally? Who are your extra brains, your extra pairs of hands, your extra hearts that you can rally around? I recommend like making a list and posting it on your wall because when you're in a really stressful situation, a lot of times you freeze you're not thinking of who can help you. And then if there's just something in front of you on your desk at home, that's like, call this person for that, call that person for this. Okay, yes, this is who I can reach out to. So you want to be aware of who in your life has complementary brilliance to you, complementary skill sets. Who can you go to who can help you decode complicated medical information. Oh, you can ask Jenny, who is a nurse? <laughs> who can you go to who can help you figure out how are your kids going to get to school when you have to go to a hospital to be with a loved one? Oh, you can call your neighbor so and you do carpool with. Think about who are the people who can help you practically and emotionally when times get tough. Think about that when you are not in the middle of tough times and that's gonna be really helpful. Yes. I could go on for hours and days about Ugh. how to expand your communication skills and your capacity and your community and leverage your community, but that's hopefully a little summary. Yes, that's such a that's such a great high level overview. And I just, I wanna 
mention a couple of things that I thought of while you were talking about that. So the communication part, that is something that I feel like overall, I'm a pretty good communicator, but I also like a lot of other women, a lot of people in general, but I think women really have have a hard time with that. Men don't, and this is me completely overgeneralizing everything, but I feel like men don't like to, don't like to ask for help when it comes to certain areas, but women, we really want to, we want to be able to do it all. And we don't want to inconvenience anybody else. I think men, sometimes it can be more about ego and for women, it's just, oh, they're busy too. I found that like my husband and I, we've been together for 25 years and thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes, it is. And we are, and we're opposite in so many ways. And a lot of that we've learned to navigate through because it's been 25 years, but there's also times when it's just, and I would love for him to be a mind reader. And I know. And there's times when I get frustrated and it's, he is, there's some men who just don't, who really don't help out. Now, my husband is not, not a mind reader, but anything that I ask him to do, he is more than willing to do it. And not with, not with an attitude, not begrudgingly. He'll just, you know, Hey, would you come in here and help with the dishes? Sure. And, or will you make supper? Sure. But he doesn't just, he doesn't see the dishes in the sink. And until I point that out, but what, one day I thought, you know what, instead of just grumbling or asking every now and then, why don't I just start asking for everything I want? And what I found is that, oh my gosh, I was like, a, I wasn't having to do as much because he was, he was doing a good part of it. And he actually did start to, when I stayed consistent with like, Hey, would you help with this? Hey, would you help with that? Then he would start like doing a couple of those things on his own mm. without me saying, if I walked into the laundry room, he'd come in there and help me fold clothes without me having to say that. And it's just that it's those simple little communication things that, that can have such a big impact. So that, I think that is, that's huge. And especially those difficult conversations. Yes. I think we can all use a little, a little help in partnership with some of that and capacity. So my mom who passed away four years ago. And a lot of that was, I believe, due to a lack of self-care. She was, she was always so busy that she didn't have time to sleep a lot of the time. She had, she had medical conditions and, but the things that these lies that we start telling ourselves, I don't have time for self-care. I don't have, and exactly like you said, it expands to, because when we take care of ourselves, whether it be through sleep, through downtime, through whatever, then we're able to work so much more efficiently yes. on things. And when I still fall into those same traps part of the time, I'm like, oh, you know what? I've got to get this done. I've got to get this done. And I'm not going to get up right now. And so then I've got the tense shoulders and the, when I'm tired, exactly. They, they just keep creeping up. And so then I, but if I take a few minutes and I'll just, you know, maybe go for a five minute walk or even just step away and stretch or get some water, or just get up and move a little bit. It's, oh, then frequently I'll have some good idea that pops up for something that I've been really focusing on trying to get, and I'm getting nowhere. I think that is, that's a very important reminder too. And number three, the community, I'm totally stealing that list, that idea (laughs) for that list, because I encourage my clients to, to keep a list of like self-care type things, because it's a lot of times it's, yeah, I could do something, but I don't have time or I don't have the money. And like I say, it's not, yes, it's not beach vacations and spa days are wonderful, but 
that's we're not fitting that into our day-to-day lives and so being able to what's something that you can do for five minutes that that you enjoy when you have those five minutes maybe you're not thinking of it but but if you have a list of here's things that i can do in two minutes that are going to decrease my stress or five minutes or ten or an hour or you know an afternoon but having things broken up by that and having that list accessible so that it's oh you know what i am really at my wits end but i've only got a few minutes hey you know what i'm gonna go i'm gonna go sit outside and just tune everything else out and just listen to the birds or just breathe fresh air and those little things can have such a huge impact but if we don't have that list easily accessible then we can spend four of our five minutes trying to figure something out and then we just give up and get frustrated so your idea of organizing the list yes time you have yes and i like and really i encourage people to do that by money too so maybe you love you love fancy coffee i had a coffee date with a friend this morning and that that was wonderful and so maybe that's something you can do for five bucks or 10 bucks. And maybe there's something, if you're looking at a weekend trip, then of course that's going to cost significantly more, but, but just figuring out those things of when you have no time and no money, here's some things that you can still do. And so I love that with the friends. This helps so much. Yes. Very low cost. They last a long time. If you get good, just the smell helps me calm. Yes. And the light, it's just that whole warmth. And there's just, there's so many, there's so many things like that, but yes, I'm definitely going to encourage people to have that community list too, because I've got friends, I'm meeting a couple of friends for lunch here in a bit. And one of them is like my go-to person. If I've got something big that is going on and I need somebody to pull it all together, she's great. At, okay. So these people are going to handle food and this is going to, she's wonderful at that. That is not my skill set. Yeah. And my, you know, my other friend is such an amazing, resource for knowing who to reach out to and so well connected and she's oh you need to ask so-and-so about that and you need to connect with her so that's a but I don't have a an official list like that and I'm going to now so thank you (laughs) yes yes thank you so much I know that our listeners are definitely going to that they've gotten a lot out of this time with you so how how can people go how can people find out more about you where can they go that's what I'm trying to say All right. Thanks for asking that. So my social media handles everywhere that I am is connect T W O connect. And then the number two spelled out as a word. So my website is connect com. I'm on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn that way. And I teach a course, a live workshop called how to win any difficult conversation or I have taught the course many times. And I have taken that content and turned it into an online video course that's got short modules that you can, like a three minute module, you can just fit it in here and there if you wanna work on developing those skills. It's my goal for the fall to put that out into the world. It exists now, but I haven't tried selling it yet. But I'm gonna do that. So that's going to be on my website soon. And if anyone is interested in that, you can also always email me about that or anything else. You can email me at Debra D E B R A at connect2.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, that sounds like uh that sounds like that's gonna be an interesting little course. And I, I love the short videos too. I think that's something that can make things a lot easier for busy people who feel like they don't have time. <laughs> Exactly. The whole course is an hour, but if you have three minutes to squeeze something in today and two minutes tomorrow, you can slowly get through it. 
Yes, absolutely. Wonderful. So I ask all of my guests two questions at the end. And so the first one of those is what is your favorite self-care practice? Oh, good one. I think it's lighting candles mm. that smell really good to me. I'm now really into Yankee Candle has a line called Chesapeake Bay Mind and Body. Ah. Have these soy candles that this one is called Awaken and Invigorate. It's lemongrass and eucalyptus. I love the smell. So that was very specific. That, that candle. That I was, have no affiliation well. with them whatsoever. <laughs> For me, now, do your scents change with the season? My scents, I like certain kinds of like nature scents. I don't like scents that remind me of food. You know how you can get like the Yankee candle that's chocolate chip cookies. I'm just yes. going to want to eat the chocolate chip cookies. I can't do that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, See, yes. I like citrus. I like ocean, even though citrus is food. I don't know why it does make me. I like plant based stuff. I like those too, but I've of a summer I'm that like beachy scent yeah. or or fruity kind of scent and then of course we're right now as we're recording this we're in pumpkin season we're just it's getting official. there and, yes and I'm so excited had my pumpkin chai latte this morning <laughs> but I love those pumpkin scents and those warm and I do the food scents and sometimes it makes me want them and sometimes it just makes me feel like I've had them so mm. it just I, I never know which way it's going to be though so sometimes I am craving <laughs> things it is but yeah so I, I love candles too and then so my last question is my tagline is never stop becoming the best version of you mm. and so what does that mean to you Oh, that's great. What that means to me is that what we talked about earlier, that we take whatever we're going through for good and for bad, and we learn from it. And we think about how we can be in service to others with it too, whether that's our families or our clients or customers, other people at work. We are evolving, we are adding layers all the time in terms of information and experience. And so we are constantly becoming the best version of ourselves through our growth and through our capacity to serve through our growth. Beautiful. Love it. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. I, I know I got a lot out of it and I know that our listeners will as well. And I appreciate you being a guest. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm thrilled to connect with you. Well, you're welcome. Stressed out, but not sure how to change it. Decrease your stress in a week or less, even if you don't have much time or energy. Grab my brand new free seven days to less stress guide at jennylidle.com slash guide and uncover the secret to less stress without a lot of effort. You'll get the simple three-step framework for quick and easy transformation. You'll also discover how to have the biggest impact the fastest, develop a customized plan to use even on your toughest days, and pull it all together in a simple weekly plan. That's at jennylidle.com slash guide. Until next time, take a deep breath or two and never stop becoming the best version of you. Disclaimer. 
Although I am a registered nurse, the medical and health information contained in this podcast is provided for general information and educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional advice. Accordingly, before taking any actions based upon such information, I encourage you to consult with appropriate professionals. I do not provide any specific medical or health advice and the use of or reliance on any information contained in this podcast is solely at your own risk.